blessed you. I believe God is going to increase and bless this ministry. And so I would ask that you would support. Amen. Uh, let us not spend too much time on that. Let's turn our Bibles right now to uh, Judges chapter 16. Agape's looking good today. Y'all looking good. Looking really good. It's good to see you all. All dressing fresh and all, man. I get worried about how I'm going to dress now because y'all just look so fresh. Can't be, looking, can't be slacking. Praise God. And if you're there, I'd like you to stand. Judges chapter 16. Uh, we'll look at verse 20. Today, I'm only going to preach for four hours. So, my visitors are all like, what? Actually, I don't plan on spending too much time today. Um, but we're going to continue our series. What's our series called again? Awake, awake. Yeah, awake. And how many people have been experiencing an awakening? Uh, I, I'm feeling an awakening in this church. Uh, through this series. Let's look at verse 20, and I'll read one verse. And it says in verse 20, And she said, Already bad. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed him. Wow. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed him. What a scary thing. The Lord had departed Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for this message. We thank you for this word. Father, Lord, breathe life into your servant. Breathe life into me, Father. Uh, don't let it be my words, but let it be your words. Let us receive those words, Father, that it will empower us, that it will strengthen us, that it will guide us, that it will nourish us. Father, we ask, Lord, that we don't leave the same way that we came in. And we ask that in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give God a praise in here. Come on now. Let's give God a praise in here. Praise God, praise God, praise God. How are we doing, Agape? How are we doing, Agape? Are we awake, Agape? Agape, are we awake? Tell me you're awake. Tell me you're awake. Are we awake, Agape? All right, I got some people. I need some people to help me preach today. Um, it's important that we uh, continue this series awake. I believe that God is really uh, moving in a mighty way through this church, uh, through this ministry. Um, God's doing some really, really incredible things, and I love how God is waking some people up, because he's waking up the people you would have never expected. Mm -hmm. And when he wakes the people that you wouldn't have expected to be awakened, then you realize that you can't credit anybody for it except for God. Isn't that interesting how sometimes God will take the most, the weirdest person, the last person you would have ever thought uh, to preach his word? Um, I was preaching actually on uh, on Friday at um, at the first uh, the Christian Church by Faith. Sorry, it's Christian. Christian Church by Faith at FCC, and they were having their youth revival. and And I ran into a, uh, an old friend of mine from my um, I'll call it my unsaved days, you know. And he was coming in. He walked in. I didn't even know he was there, but I was preaching. Yeah, I was probably pre what I was preaching. Yeah, I was, I was preaching. I was preaching. And, 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 you know, and, you know, yeah, you know, preaching. And so after I finished preaching, uh, God really moved that night. He really did. And I believe some people would, a lot of people were delivered that night. And after I finished preaching, um, you know, I was packing up my stuff. Service is over. They've called benediction, all that good stuff. And I'm packing up my stuff. And here he comes from the back and he comes up. And I'm like, I'm not going to say his name, but I was like, huh? You? And he looks at me, he goes, Opus? And I'm like, yeah, what was it? He's like, man, I was just walking in here, and as I was walking, I'm hearing this guy preaching. I'm like, man, that man preaching. And then I walk in here, I see you on the stage. I'm like, who? And I'm like, what you doing here? 
And he's like, what you doing here? Isn't that funny how God can take some people and make you do things you would have never thought that would have been done? But it's so great that God can move. So I'm just glad that we were, we're having this uh, awakening uh, where God is really transforming some people that you would have never expected. So today I want to preach on this message. Um, and it's our third message in this series, uh, Awake. And today the message that I want to uh, title this as is I want to title it as Snooze Button. Somebody say Snooze Button. Snooze, snooze, snooze. Everybody here is familiar with the snooze button. Uh, we know how that snooze button works, right? For some of us, the snooze button is a blessing. Uh, and for others, the snooze button can be a curse. Am I, is anybody understanding where I'm coming from? Uh, we all know how the snooze button works, right? And what an interesting invention. Uh, uh, before the technology, right, if the alarm went off, what would we have to do? We'd have to wake up at the moment that the alarm goes up. But now we have this thing called the snooze button right? Where the alarm can go off and, you know, depending on how we feel, we can hit that button and expect that the alarm will go off at another time or another interval. Usually it's five minutes or it's 10 minutes. And I believe now you can set it to be 15 minutes or, or, or you can do 30 now. Look at that. Look at that. Now, now, now for some, the snooze button can be a blessing. Like for example, today, this morning, the snooze button was a blessing to me. I, I, I tend to wake up at around 4.30 in the morning, 5 in the morning to prepare for service. So Y'all think preaching just happens. No, it don't happen. It takes a lot of prayer, a lot of preparation to prepare God's word. And so usually what I do is I wake up at 5 in the morning, uh, but between 4.30 and 5, and then I begin to pray. And as I pray, I ask God to reveal to me what he wants me to preach. And, and here's what I do. This is where the snooze button becomes a blessing for me. Because y'all ever have the situation where you're up and you're praying, but for some reason, you don't know. So what I love about the snooze button is, is I'm praying. I'm like, God, give me a word this morning. Give me a word. Give me a word, Lord. Lord, what would you like me to speak on? Sometimes there are things that I prepared during the week that God says, you better cut that out because I don't want to talk about that. And I say, okay, God, I'm going to take that out. And then as I'm praying, of course, I got the snooze button to keep me going. Because, you know, God's correcting some things in what I was preparing. So I'd be like, uh, uh, uh. I'm like, oh, okay. Snooze. Yeah, so God, as I was talking, uh, I was out speaking. Everybody see how that works? And so for me, it's been a blessing because I'm sitting there, you know, I'm preparing. And I'm, you know, okay. Uh, uh, and I'm like, okay, okay, I'm there, I'm there. I'm there. I feel bad for my wife because she got to hear it every five minutes. You know, she, I'm in bed, I'm praying, and eh, eh, every five minutes is going off. But it keeps me awake. But uh, 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 the other application that, uh, uh, that we use a snooze button for is for when we are sleeping and we use it to send another reminder, I'm not ready to wake up right now. Mm -hmm. And so because I'm not ready to wake up right now, I'm going to push this button and wait another time later to wake up. How many people have treated the gospel like it was a snooze button? where God's asking us to wake up. Uh -huh. He's asking us to get up. And how many times have we hit the snooze and said, maybe later, God. I don't know if I'm preaching that. Am I by myself on that? You know what, God? I'm not ready today. Mm -hmm. I'm not ready this week. So, God, let me go ahead and push this snooze button, and I'll wake up sometime later. Can I take my time for a minute? The snooze button can be a blessing, but all too often what I find is, is that the snooze button serves as an apparatus to keep you asleep. If we didn't have a snooze button, we would wake up when the alarm would go off. Uh, if we didn't have the snooze button, y'all would have heard the sound of the gospel. And then you would have said, you know what, it's time for me to get up right now because I might miss my job, might miss my interview, might not make it to class on time. There's a reason why we have an alarm because we're not, we're not awake enough to wake on our own. We need something to help us wake up, something to nudge us, something to push us, either because we haven't slept enough Anybody? or I'm extremely tired today. I've done a lot today. And so I need to put this alarm because I know by myself I would not wake up at 7 o'clock. Can I tell you that revival does not happen by yourself? Uh, there's an alarm that needs to happen, an, uh, an awakening that needs to happen, a noise needs to be rung in order for us to hear the gospel and then to wake up from it. That's why God calls us to be awake. The Bible says, arise, 
If he didn't say that, he said the reason why he said that was because waking up is not something you do by yourself. Can I say this right now? That if anybody is awake in this house, it wasn't out of their own volition, but rather something had arrested them, something shook them up and said, it's about time now that you get up and do something because you see, if you don't and you stay where you are, you're going to miss an appointment with God. Am I, am I preaching to somebody? You're going to miss an appointment with your destiny. You're going to miss an appointment with an opportunity. Something is going to be missed if you don't wake up right now. I, I, I call this sermon the snooze button because we're studying the story of Samson. And as we mentioned before, a lot of times we know the elements of the story, but we don't know the essence of the story. And for Samson, we know something. We know an, an, an interesting element of the story. We know Samson by what? His strength. And some will say, his her. <laughs> now, 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 Samson has strength. Strength is the gift. The hair now is the physical manifestation of the gift or the anointing that Samson has. Can I take my time? Okay, am, am I y'all with me so far? I want to make sure you, you catch what I'm about to say. Now, what we notice about Samson is this. Samson is a man who is anointed and he is gifted. I'm not going to take too long. I just want to make sure you understand where I'm coming. He is gifted, he is anointed, but the Bible tells us that he is a man who is gifted ever since he was a child. Uh, if we go back to, to, to Samson chapter 13 and we read uh, the 25th verse, uh, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit began to rest on him. And he began, and the Bible tells us that he goes uh, uh, to, the, to the tribe of Dan where he begins his training. Here's what I love about it is that the evidence of your anointing now happens after uh, the Spirit enters into you. Now, when you receive the Spirit, all of a sudden, certain things become released. Uh, you start getting some ideas. I don't know if anybody's catching me. Uh, things become possible that you didn't think were possible before. You start thinking differently. Anybody understand? All of a sudden, I'm seeing opportunities where I didn't see them. All of a sudden, I'm seeing the abilities that I have that I never thought I had before. Anointing has a way of empowering you to make you finally realize that you can do some things that maybe before you were telling yourself that you couldn't do. Can I tell you that the power first begins in the mind uh, when you start thinking things and and you start seeing that, um, um, actually, if I can believe it and I can see it and I can think it, then it can come into existence. That's why the Bible says, for as a man thinketh, so is he. So if you're thinking failure, how do you expect to receive success? If, if you're speaking that, if you're thinking that you won't ever make it, why are you surprised when you don't? You never put in your mind that you could do better than where you are. You see, the release happens when uh, the Holy Spirit rests in you and then you begin to see possibilities that weren't there before. That's, the Bible tells us that Samson was anointed from a child and he began to train and he saw now that it was time for me to, 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 to train and to prepare myself. People think that because Samson is strong, that was the reason why he was able to destroy so many guys. But strength without training is nothing. Some of us, we have gifts. Can I preach right now? You're gifted, but you never cultivated it. Uh -huh. You have the ability to sing, but you never trained. Uh, uh, you have the ability to preach, but you never studied. You have the ability to do all these things, but you never prepared yourself for it. And so you've got ability. You see, ability is power, but electricity is power. If you don't direct it, it could actually hurt you. Everybody's understanding what I'm saying. So you can have ability and that's not good enough. You've got to train yourself. Samson is strong, but he needs to go through training. And the Bible tells us that Samson now, he goes through the training and, and, and he's called by God now to deliver the Philistine, uh, to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. And, and, and we learn now that Samson doesn't really act or behave like a judge should. Isn't that interesting? Called by God, but your lifestyle doesn't meet what you're being called to do. Huh. Can, we, can we talk about that for a minute? Samson was anointed, empowered by God. The Bible says that, that Samson was to live the lifestyle of a Nazarite. Shouldn't drink wine, shouldn't eat off of, uh, from the, the carcass. He, should, he even shouldn't touch dead things. And so, he, and, and the last thing that he shouldn't have done is he shouldn't have cut his hair. 
right? He, he shouldn't come. And, and these all symbolize his lifestyle. And so, so Samson was to have the lifestyle of a Nazarite to give him his anointing. I'm going to come back to that for uh, in a minute. But I, I want you to see where I'm coming from. I'm talking really lightly now so y'all can pay attention. Because I know y'all used to me getting real loud and excited. But let me talk very lightly so I can draw you in. See, I'm drawing you in right now. See that? Look at that. Look at that. All y'all drawing you in. Huh? Now, 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 listen to this, and I want, you, want to make sure you catch this. Samson is anointed and gifted, but see, there was a problem. The problem is, is that Samson was gifted without ever making a vow. He was anointed in his immaturity. I'm going to help you understand this. You see, you can't be blessed too early. Because if you're blessed too early, then you'll think you're entitled to your blessing. Yeah. Am I preaching to somebody? If you get your anointing too early, then you'll think that it was built into you. I don't know if anybody catching. If you get it in your maturity, in your, in your immaturity, then you're going to think that that was how I was made. I was strong already all by myself. Not realizing that the reason why you have the strength that you have is because God gives it. Can, can I preach right now? It's because God gives it to you, your gift, your anointing, your ability, what you can do. Don't think that it happened by accident or was built in you it's because God put it inside of you now if God puts your gift and your anointing inside of you he didn't put it in you for no reason he put it in you for his glory meaning he gave you the ability to preach for his glory he gave you the ability to teach for his glory he gave you the ability to prophesy for his glory he gave you the ability to have a doctorate he did that for his glory some of you are going to be doctors it's for his glory some of you are going to be lawyers it's for his glory I don't know if I'm there can be a basketball player gifted to play basketball but that gift was given by God he didn't show up and say I, I was born with it no God had already built it inside of him now the question is are you going to take that gift and are you going to use it for God's glory now you see when we realize that our gift is not ours but it was given you see, that's the whole nature of you know, he's gifted you don't even realize that sometimes people are being spiritual, they don't even know it. Yeah. This man is gifted. Well, if he's gifted, somebody had to... Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't gift yourself. Somebody had to gift it to you. So if somebody is gifted, there must have been a higher power. You see, some people got talents, gifts, and abilities, and you just sit there on it. But God's saying, I didn't give you a gift for you to sit on it. I gave you a gift to do something for me. Here's the problem with Samson. Samson is gifted, but he got gifted too early. And so when you get gifted too early, then you believe you're entitled to your gift. And here's the interesting thing about Samson. There was nowhere where I see Samson doing something for God. If you go back to the text, and I'm teaching today. Is it all right if I teach? If you go back to the text, you'll find that Samson never does anything for God. Rather, Samson does everything for himself. Remember we talked about pimping your gift? Uh -huh. You take it, you make your money. Mm -hmm. You take it, you get famous. Uh, but you're just pimping it away. Mm -hmm. And so now Samson is a man who is gifted, but he thinks the gift is all his. Now the Bible tells us that everything Samson did, ready for this? He killed all the Philistines. Remember that? Killed a thousand men with a, with a hip bone. That's some crazy stuff. He took a lion and, and, and ripped his mouth open and killed him. That's some crazy stuff. Even when he's doing the Bible tells us that he wasn't doing it for God's glory. He was doing it for revenge. He was doing it to show off. He was doing it to impress. You see, that's the problem when you get gifted too early. Then you believe it's yours. Now you just want to show it off to people. Look at what I can do. I can prophesy. Look at what I can do. I can do this. I can do that. He's, he, 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 he's pimping his anointing, pimping his gift, not realizing that deep down in it and attached to it is God's blessing. So the Bible tells us that Samson, y'all with me? I know y'all waiting for me to go crazy. I don't know what's going to happen yet because y'all got to help me get there now. Uh, Samson is gifted. He's anointed, but he doesn't use it for God. 
uses it for himself. Now, the part that I find interesting about the text is this, is that while Samson is doing what he wants for himself, somehow he's doing what God wanted him to do. I don't know if you know how God works, but if I can teach you for a minute how God works, some of us, even when we were lost, there was an anointing that arrested us that even when we were doing not what we thought God wanted us to do, but what we thought we wanted to do, somehow God was getting what he wanted to get done through us. I wanted to do my own thing. Samson is not killing Philistines for the glory of God. He's doing it to get back. But even when he does it to get back, God's glory is still being manifested. Meaning, when you are anointed by God, you're empowered by God, held onto by God, arrested by God, wrapped around by his love, his grace, his power. When God, when you do something, here you are thinking you're doing your own thing, and there God is getting glorified in you see, this is why I know how God works. There's some people who may not even be saved, but how does God get glorified through it? He said, I'm going to gift you, and even through the gift that I've given you, I will be glorified in it. Understands that. See, that's why we got to make sure we don't confuse gift with anointing. Okay? Because if we confuse gift with you see, we think because we're gifted, we have relationship. Because I'm so smart. God gave me such a great intelligence. Man, people just think I'm so smart, man. Man, people are like, how did you do that, man? How did you get there? I'm just gifted. If I'm gifted, then I must be saved. That is a lie from the pit of hell. How many gifted people you know that have a relationship with God? And how many people do you know who don't have a relationship with God. There's some people that God even gifts who don't even know him at all. Who can even say that he doesn't exist. Oh my God, help me right now. Who say that I don't have a relation. God ain't real. God isn't this. This is a fake thing. And somehow God gifts them anyway. And I love this because even through all of it, God's glory still comes out. But just because you are gifted does not mean you are anointed. And because you are gifted, it does not mean that, that, that God is involved in everything that you're doing. Uh, there's some preachers, people will get saved through their preaching, but they can't get saved themselves. Because you see, God is not looking at your gift. He wants to know, do you have relationship with him? You see, that's why sometimes we look at preachers and we see how messed up their lives are. And we say, well, that man, he ain't anointed. But there's some people that got saved under him. And it's going to be a funny place in heaven when there's some pastors who saved thousands who couldn't save themselves. And that's why I want to preach to my people who are ministers. Don't ever think because you're saving lives, you're saving yourself. You need to get down on your knees all by yourself. You've got to pray all by yourself. You have to fast by yourself. You've got to get connected with God. Don't ever think that, you see, that was the mistake that I even made myself. I thought, wow, God, I must have a relationship. Look at how many people are coming to Christ. Look at how many people are changing. God's like, no, 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 no. I changed them. Now, what about you? Are you ready to get to know me? Are you ready to get to fast and have a relationship? Are you ready to have a relationship with me? Now, you may be blessed by a minister who doesn't have a relationship, but you can't be cultivated by one. Because you need a pastor who has a relationship with God to teach you what relationship is like. Because relationship is not easy. <laughs> uh, uh, when you get married, some of y'all already married. You know, marriage is not easy. Mm -hmm. So if I'm married to God, there's some times when things are going to be rough, things are going to be tough. I got to go to my pastor. If my pastor don't know relationship, how am I going to have or foster a relationship with God? That's why you got to be careful. You could, you could go on a Sunday and get a message from somebody who will bless your name, but your pastor better have relationship. And that's why I'm so glad I got people here already keeping me in check. I was praying for you, pastor. And God was telling me this, so you need to do this, this, this. I'd be like, mm-hmm. Relationship is important. Samson is gifted. Can I take my time here? Samson 
is anointed. Sorry, he's gifted, but he doesn't have relationship. And so everything he does, he does for himself. And when he begins to do those things for himself, notice what he does now. Is he begins to attach his gift to something physical. Um, I can only pass my class when I drink two cups of coffee. Anybody, anybody say, I can only pass this class if I study in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, I can only get through this project because I'm a night person. I don't know if anybody, and so now when daytime comes, you begin to paralyze yourself. Because you put in your mind already that you cannot do the thing that God already empowered you to do unless you had a physical manifestation attached to what it is that you do. Samson believes now because he's been doing it for so long that his power and his anointing comes in his hair. And how many of y'all, raise your hand, believe that it was his hair that made him strong? That's all right. That's all right. It's okay. Most people believe that it was Samson's hair that made him strong. Uh-huh. I hope I take that away today and I hope I correct that for you today. We see now Samson has reached a place in his life where he has no connection with God. Doesn't see God, doesn't hear God, and somehow he's ministering. I don't, I don't know if anybody can. He, he doesn't, he doesn't have a relationship. He can't hear God's voice. He can't see anything. He doesn't see the vision. Doesn't know what God wants for his life. Doesn't know anything. But here it is. He still has gift and he still has power. I, he, he still has his strength and somehow God is still using him. Now, now we find Samson in this text in a funny place. Uh, Samson now has done everything for himself and here he is now in a relationship and he's sleeping with the enemy. Uh, he's sleeping with Delilah. Everybody know Delilah? Delilah, she fine, she all that, you know, and she's got the look, she's got everything and he's, man, he is drunk off of her. And now the Bible tells us that Samson is weak through and, and, and Delilah really we, we 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 find here that Delilah doesn't necessarily love Samson uh, she's only attached to something that he has uh, be careful when you're in a relationship with somebody who's not attached to you but attached to a possession that you have whether it is your looks oh my god please don't marry somebody who marrying you just because you look fine because guess what when you're 70 you ain't gonna be fine no more can I preach to somebody you know, don't marry somebody because you just got a nice face and good looks. What if you get in a car accident? I would like you to love me because of me. The looks and everything else can be icing on the cake, but love the cake before you love the icing. The icing going to give you diabetes, so you got to be careful here. I can't give you too much of the goodie, you know. Oh, Lord, don't go there. So Samson now is, is, is in love with a woman who's not in love with him. In love with a woman who's in love with his gift. And knows there's something that she can get out of his gift. I would say that she's going to get a paycheck if she can tell the Philistines what the source of his gift is. Now, Samson is in bed with Delilah, and Delilah's like, Samson, baby. Talk to me. You know, that's how they do it. That's how they do it. They start with baby. Baby. See, me? My wife already knows me. I know the game. So as soon as I hear, hey, baby, be like, boom, 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 all the walls come up. What you want? And usually it's just no. I just start off with no, so that way I, you know, she eases it. Hey, baby. No. The answer is no. Then try to change my mind, but it's already no. And then she'd be like, all right, then fine. Here's what I want. You know how that works. Now, now the Bible tells us that Delilah now is enticing Samson with ah, her sexiness and you know, all that she is. And, and the Bible tells us that Samson now, he's weak off of that. And she says, Samson, what makes you so strong? Please tell me the source of your strength. Now, here's what I love. Samson is a very, 
Samson's a clever guy, really smart guy. Samson knows that the people think his strength is mystical. How could a man kill a thousand people? So he says, I'm going to give him a few mystical things. You see, you, you, you ready for this? There's some prophets who will feed off of your belief in the mysticism of things. Oh, oh my God. I'm going to get in trouble real. I'm going to get in trouble here. Oh, my gosh, you are so spiritual. And so they'll tell you, bring three leaves and four pieces of bread and... And you going, where the leaves at? Which kind of tree? Palm trees. You know, I'm getting all kinds of stuff. They believe in the mysticism of it so much that instead of going to God for prayer, they want to use now, now, now the sacramental element of what the prophet is presenting. You know, bring 10 sacks of sugar and four bags of salt for the number 10 represents divine completion and four... And he says now, he says, here's what you do. If you uh, take bowstrings and you tie them up to me, and they should never be touched by anybody. She's like, mm -hmm, I'm taking no, okay, go ahead. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Never touched, never used, okay. And they bind him. And the Bible tells us that he breaks it. Snooze button. Y'all catch it? Snooze button. If God ever leaves you, don't think that God didn't warn you. If God leaves your life, don't ever think, God, when did that? No, no, no. He's been trying to wake you up. I have to preach because, you see, I know it's not popular. I'm sorry. But sometimes God continues to show us things. First time they show up, Samson, here they are, Samson, they coming to get you. Samson goes, Grr. you know, he does the whole Hulk thing. And after he does that, he's like, where they at? Where they at? Where they at? Slaps them all, breaks them, and they all go running. That would be the first indication to say, wait, hold on. And we want to call Samson dumb, but how many times have we behaved like Samson? Come on now, how many times were you almost shot? How many times were, did you almost get pregnant? Can I preach right now? How many times did you almost lose your life? How many times was there an almost? It should have happened to you. But here you go, you dodged a bullet. You do And he kept warning you and warning you and warning you. But you just kept waking up. Snooze button! How many times have we hit the snooze? How many, how many times we should have got locked up? How many times, can I preach to somebody? How many times I should have got kicked out of school? I should have dropped out and somehow God left me there. He said, I'm going to hit the snooze this time. But there's a time when I'm not going to be there anymore. Samson goes the first time and he gets out. Second time. Oh my God, that's crazy. I love this part. Samson has the gift even though he doesn't have the relationship. The enemy should have bound him the first time because the presence of God should have left him. The you have to understand something now is that Samson is not anointed because of his hair. I want to make sure you're clear on this. Samson is empowered. He has a strength because of his lifestyle. The Bible doesn't say that it's just his hair he had to maintain. The Bible says that he's got to maintain the lifestyle of a Nazarite. Tells his mother that he cannot eat from an animal. He can't, he, he, he cannot, he, he cannot, uh, everybody know about that. He, he, he has to live a lifestyle of separation. Uh, but the Bible explains to me that Samson was doing everything but that. Anybody here right now say there was a time, a season in my life when I did everything but what God wanted me to do. And now here's the whole part about it that blows 
crossed my mind is that there's only one thing left that Samson has not done and the one thing that he hasn't done yet is he hasn't cut his hair. I, I love this part because you see that for some of us here the reason why God hasn't left us yet is because there's still one thing that we got. Can I preach right now? There's still that one thing that we have in our life that keeps us closer to him. For some of y'all it might be you still pray. For some of y'all you still read your word every once in a while. For some of y'all I don't know what it is that's keeping you but there's some people out there that are asking some questions saying I don't know how this person still got the grace of God on them. You tell them if it wasn't for the love of Jesus and his grace that came on my life to, for me to keep that one thing uh, I don't know if I'd still be in church today. There's something in you that has still kept you here. I'm not talking to people who got it all together. I'm talking to people who live a lifestyle that does not match what God wants for you. But even when you live a lifestyle that doesn't match what God wants, there's still one thing that you got that you're still holding on to that still keeps you right here in this church. tells us that Samson he's still strong and he breaks he breaks him breaks him but now this time something happens I want to read it here's what the Bible says now look at verse 20 he says and the Philistines are upon you Samson like Samson didn't hear that before Trust me, what you're going through ain't no surprise. You've seen it before. Tell you that. You've seen it before. You've seen it. It ain't no surprise. It says now, so he awoke from his sleep. Samson now wakes up. But when he wakes up now, the Bible says that, he says, I will go out as before. I will do the stuff that I've been doing. Because now I'm so confident in my gift and I don't feel the necessity to have relationship. Because he thinks that the power came from him. He says that I will shake myself free. But now here's the part I like. But he did not know that the Lord had departed him. There's a scary thing going on now. When you're asleep, ready? Samson is asleep. When you're asleep, you are not conscious. When you're asleep, you cannot see. When you're asleep, you can't hear. And all too often, sometimes, when we get in that place of unconsciousness, uh, where we're not sentient of what is around us, of our, our environment, uh, we begin now to live in a way where we're oblivious to the things that are happening around us. We don't know that we lost the presence of God. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't realize that God's not involved in our, I don't know if I'm preaching to somebody today, uh, but we didn't know that God wasn't involved in our life anymore. All of a sudden, yeah, I'm going to church on Sunday, but I, I don't feel like praying. I, I, I don't see God like I used to. I don't hear him like I used to. I, I was guided by him at one point. I was so on fire for God at one point. I don't know what happened, but he's not there like he used to. I, I must be blind or oblivious. I don't know what's going on. You see, here, Samson doesn't even realize. You see, that's how you know he don't have a relationship because he doesn't realize that the presence of God isn't there. But for people who got relate, y'all know what a relationship is like. Soon as the person acts a little bit different with you, you already know, oh, there's something wrong here. I got to, mm, I don't know if this is right. But when you don't have the relationship with the person, then you don't really know that the person's not even involved in your situation. There's the symbol there that Samson is asleep. The Bible says that he wakes up thinking that he still got the presence of God. If you can close your eyes for a minute and say, God, don't let me wake up without your presence. Don't let me wake up without you being there. If you, if you know what the snooze button is like, it's all those times when you, you said, you know what, God, maybe later. Has anybody, you can close your eyes for a minute. Has anybody ever hit the snooze button so many times that the phone alarm just stopped ringing? I don't know if anybody catching what I'm saying. 
Do you ever hit the snooze button so many times that the phone's like, forget it? And then you had a meeting or something at 9 o'clock and you wake up at 11 and you missed out on your opportunity? How many times have we hit the snooze button on God? How many times have we said, God, you know what? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a minister. I'm, I'm going to do what you want me to do. But right now, man, you know, I got my own thing going on. God, I will do it. But, you know, you know, my job, man, you know, I know you're calling me to do evangelism. But, man, my job, man, you know, snooze button. How many times have we heard the voice of God? We know he's pulling us. We know he's calling us. He's telling us, you got to do this for me. I need you to do this for me. How many times have we not followed our dreams? The visions that God has imparted in us. How many times have God said to change your job? Change your career? How many times has God said to you, you got to change your major? Accounting's not for you. By the way, I didn't prophesy to a specific person on that one. Because some people go back, man, I'm an accounting major. What am I going to do? God just told me, no, no, no. I mean, God, you're going to hear the voice of God on this one. For some of you, maybe pre-med is not yours. Who knows what God wants for you? I don't know it. If God reveals it to me, great. But how will you know it? You've got to wake up. You can't be asleep and expect God to speak to you. I haven't heard the voice of God. I don't know what God wants from me. You've been sleeping. How are you going to hear it? Snooze button. Cruise control. I want you to bow your heads. Samson wakes up and it was then that he realized that the Lord had left him. Close your eyes and hear these words very clearly. The Bible tells us that he was tied up and he could not break. The ropes, the chains, he could not break them. He was bound by them when he woke up. Bible tells us that the enemy then takes him and makes fun of him and tries him and puts him before them for him to entertain them. And it was finally in that moment huh, that Samson prays to God. Wow. Sometimes God's got to pull his anointing away from you. Sometimes some things got to mess up for you. But then for you to say, you know what, God, I'm ready to hear your voice now. God, speak to me. The Bible says that they took away his eyes. But having your eyes open physically is not the awakening that he needed. He needed a spiritual awakening. He needed a spiritual experience. He needed to know that God was still involved. And here's what I love about it all. Is that after all of that, he prays to God. He didn't pray a long prayer. He just prayed a short prayer. And after he prays that prayer, the Bible says that his strength began to come on him. I, I love this part because you see, even if you wake up and God has left you, all it takes is a little bit of a prayer. Not a lot of words. You don't got to have the Bible memorized or anything. You just have to know that if I open up my voice to God and present my supplications, my needs, my desires to him, he will change things and show up in my life. Is there anybody here who wants God to show up in their life? God, I woke up and I just, I don't feel your presence anymore. I know I'm being a little bit cerebral today. Sometimes we got to think about some of these things. Often is it that we 
move day to day through the mundane motions of life, but we never really are awake. We can't pray. We can't fast. We can't. We're just not awake. We're, we're, we're asleep. But I love this. I love it this month because this month there's an awakening happening. Anybody believe that? There's an awakening happening. There's an awakening. An awakening. I'd like you to make a promise to God right now that this is the last time I'm going to hit the snooze button. Make a promise to God and say, this is the last time I will make an excuse. Make a promise to God to say, this is the last time I'll ignore your voice. Make a promise to God that this is the last time. Because when you declare it's the last time I hit the snooze, you're declaring that you're going to get up. Mm -hmm. And when you finally get up, watch the light of God shine on you. And watch breakthrough happen in your life. Watch things transform in you. Watch some things just change. Something is going to happen in you that you never thought were there. You're going to see things that you never thought, possibilities that you never knew were there. You're going to be wondering, wait a minute, all this time, God, you had these plans for me? All this time, you were... You, you, you had all this strategy for me and all this time I've been sitting around sleeping and not seeing what you want me to do. It's time to get out of bed. I want you to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes and I want you to pray. For those who say, God, I'm ready for you to do a new thing. I'm ready for you to wake me up. I'm ready. I'm ready. Anybody ready in here? Take some time right now. Consecrate yourself. Pray. Consecrate yourself. Consecrate yourself. God, I don't want to wake up for you not to be there. I've got an appointment. I've got a divine destiny. I have, uh, I have something that I know that you're planning for me, and it's coming soon. I can't be asleep in this. This is an awakening. The alarm is being sounded. anybody here that says I need an awakening if, you, if that's you raise your hand if that's you raise your hand oh, I need somebody to wake me up I'm ready I've been hitting the snooze button for long enough it's time now for me to wake up if that's you I want you to come to the altar I want to pray for you right now come now come now come now I want to pray for you I want to pray right now and invite the spirit of God in the house. And I want you all right at this altar to pray. I want you to open your mouths and I want you to pray. You've got to ask it. You've got to declare it.
Wrap me in 